213 Things About Me, a podcast about thinking, living and dying, from an autistic point of view. Episode 3. What date is today? Trigger warning. This podcast contains opinions which might cause discomfort in some people. The ingredients may cause allergic responses in the brains of some listeners. 37. I have had complete meltdowns trying to order food in a restaurant. 38. I can't have nice clothes because I stain them, snag them on things, care for them improperly or ruin them by jumping, playing, climbing, running or misjudging objects in space. 39. I am perceived as bohemian and eccentric. When searching for a date, several things come to mind. Firstly, it is immensely difficult to figure out all the ins and outs of the dance. People aren't honest at the best of times, whereas I am honest at the worst of times. When it comes to dating, my lack of understanding of all the subtle signals of expression and body language and verbal language really caused me to act like a complete idiot. Mainly because I am a complete idiot. I realised one of the reasons I don't select partners very well is that I like everyone. Not romantically, really, but I don't really romantically like anyone. I mean, I guess girls I'm universally attracted to, but it's not really romantic or intimate. I just like people. So generally, all it takes is someone showing an interest in me and I'm really responsive. And there's this misconception about me that I'm unwilling to play the social game. There seems to be a flattering idea that I'm honest and genuine through force of will. That I'm more invested in honesty than I am in diplomacy because I have lofty, virtuous principles. This is not even remotely true. If I knew for one second how to appeal to the cliques of the right people... I would do it in a heartbeat. If I had any idea what I looked like or or what signals I gave out, I would display it all to my own selfish advantage. I would have been a successful musician years ago and be as self-serving about relationships as everyone else. But I can't figure out what's expected of me as a woman. I see other girls flirt and they make it look easy. They flutter their eyelashes and casually touch his arm, like it's nothing. I went on quite a few dates, which would usually begin with him asking the question, how are you? The socially acceptable starting point for polite conversations. This is my first stumbling block, because I don't understand why questions are asked, to which an answer is neither welcome nor required. In fact, to tell the truth... Small talk is a mystery to me. I always let him order for me, as it's a good way to avoid the chaos that is the menu. Why are they not in alphabetical order? And then I get a terrible stomachache because I'm so anxious. You see, when people first meet me, I'm timid. And that stage is pretty likeable. But soon enough, I'll start to reorganise the cutlery in order of size while pontificating on its method of manufacture, and then it would be curtains. Actually, I'm rather fond of curtains. 
I used to be mistaken for a boy. A lot. I shaved my head every two months, which almost certainly didn't help matters. But I like the feeling of clippers so much. Over the last few years, I've been trying to work out how to dress like a girl. It's not easy, you know. Me attempting to look nice isn't altogether dissimilar from other girls looking dishevelled. 40. I try to think during a conversation about whether I'm talking too much, whether my gestures are appropriate, whether I'm laughing too much or not enough, and whether I should think of a question to ask my partner about him or herself, but mostly I can never think of one. 41. I have no standards for friends or sexual partners apart from intelligence and an interest in me. 42. I don't recognise flirting. I only recognise direct verbal approaches. 43. I am not attracted to people in the slightest, unless they are attracted to me. But I have no idea how to tell if people are attracted to me. Consequently, I attract the wrong type of person. But how am I supposed to know? I have been told that I have a unique beauty. But if this is true, I have no knowledge of it. I've been told that I have a luscious body. People react excitedly when I wear a dress above the knee or an open collared thing. Men and women tell me how wonderful I look in certain dresses I own. But I'm still inclined to dress modestly and feel average. When my friends have occasion to come into contact with an arm or a cheek in a goodbye kiss or a gentle pat on the thigh... They always say my skin is unbelievably soft. I don't believe it. All skin is soft, isn't it? I have to describe myself this way through what I've heard because it seems the overwhelming majority of people say I'm beautiful. But I don't believe that. I'm dismissive. I can be too honest and have a sense of humour that pokes at people where I don't mean it to. I have been told that I'm intimidating but I don't feel intimidating. I think I would get hit on more often, but my immediate desire to be friendly and humorous, my lack of reticence to disagree, these things might spook your average fella who's gone out on a limb to talk to a stranger. To approach a woman cold must be difficult. I don't make it easy. But then I take everything that's said literally which inevitably leads to disaster, as most people don't seem to mean anything they say. Confusing. I have a remarkably high IQ, but it's utterly of no value. It's just another thing people say about me. It's no advantage unless you're raised in a nurturing, secure environment. Otherwise, it just makes your peers seem irrational and crazy, and your talents are wasted. Although... It's not depressing for me because, luckily, I have a happy disposition. 44. Emotional terminology is meaningless to me. 45. I don't experience jealousy. 46. I figured out that when you are courting with a potential sexual partner, that you have to eke out one clue of your feelings, wait for a reciprocal response, then eke out the next. 47. I have no idea how to do my hair or makeup. I don't understand how to look groomed. 48. 
I started wearing skirts and dresses almost exclusively to try to signal that I am a woman. 49. I am so unaware of social rules and the uses of facial expressions or body language to communicate that I find it hard to believe that they really exist or that other people can read or use these indicators. 50. I can walk around a party for six hours and not meet anyone, although I smile and do my best to imitate social customs. Now I realise how potent social pleasantries can be. Such a shame, so sad, what terrible news. My condolences. I am sorry for your loss. I found that last one on Facebook. Facebook has been a mine of helpful information for me. I can see what it is you're supposed to say in any given social situation. Marriages equals congratulations. Deaths equals I am sorry for your loss. And births equals more congratulations. Plus, it is also required to tell the new parents that their baby is the cutest, most beautiful baby ever seen in the entire history of babies. Now, this is a lie. And it's something I've observed about the normal world. You function on a gossamer thin web of lies. They're in order to prop up your ideas of self and society. It's a mass compulsion and it's considered normal. Seems pretty abnormal to me. Anyway, I digress. My point was, before Facebook, I inevitably said the wrong thing. I was honest in inappropriate ways. The list goes on and on and on. But what started it off was when Rose decided she might have Asperger's. She was trying to figure out what was going on with her and found some questionnaires online which started her thinking. Eventually, she managed to see someone for an assessment. I got a diagnosis for Asperger's syndrome in March 2013. So, it turns out I'm an Aspie. Now, I realise it's the new media darling and everyone and their brother wants to have Asperger's these days. I'm surprised there isn't a reality TV show, Aspie Shore, where they tried to get the Aspies to make eye contact with the postman. Actually, if there was television for autists, it would consist of really long and interesting documentaries about the history of bus tyres and scuba diving equipment of the 1970s, or instructional programmes concerning virtuoso zither playing techniques, or perhaps origami reality shows, fold and fuck or such like. But I digress. When I read the symptoms, the descriptions, the manifestations of it in different genders, it was like reading my own biography. All of my behaviour explained in print. This is what the psychiatrist woman said. The diagnostic criteria for Asperger's disorder are as follows. One, marked impairment in the use of multiple non-verbal behaviours, such as eye-to-eye gaze. So what does that mean? We do not exhibit typical body language, eye contact or other physical presentations the same way as neurotypical people. Just as we have not developed subtle language for understanding others, so we often have little understanding of what we might be displaying to others. Two, lack of spontaneous desire to share enjoyment, interests or achievements. 
This may manifest itself by not inviting friends home, nor visiting others. Frequently, children with AS feel that they are often bullied. While there is often bullying, there is also a tendency for an AS child to be unable to differentiate between playful teasing and abuse. 3. Lack of social or emotional reciprocity. AS personalities will often fail to ask questions necessary to have a reciprocal conversation. They may also fail to validate or comfort their intimate friends. In these respects, a relationship can easily become rather one-sided, as an AS person may have no idea how to imagine what someone else might need in order to feel comfortable or feel loved. It is not a lack of love. It is a lack of knowing how to express it in a commonly understood way. An AS person likes to feel validated and likes to talk about their topics of interest, but can't figure out what might validate someone else or understand someone else's interests well enough to encourage a conversation about it. 4. Preoccupation with one or more stereotyped and restricted patterns of interests, which are abnormal either in intensity or focus. Well, that very much depends on one's definition of stereotyped and abnormal. The quality of AS focus is one of the most wonderful things about the archetype. AS persons often invest enormous amounts of personal energy on specific topics. They are motivated to pursue their interests without external rewards. People with AS are great researchers and attempt to be quite thorough in their understanding and accumulation of facts on a given subject. But there are two major drawbacks to this trait, both of which are social. Firstly, being interrupted can cause anxiety, distress, or even anger, which has a negative impact on both the person who is focused and on the person interrupting. And secondly, those with AS may have difficulty understanding why anyone would want to think about anything outside of their own topics of interest, and may tend to fixate on those topics to the detriment of the social needs of others. These fixations can lead others to believe that a person with AS is perfectly content to be isolated. But the fact is, people with AS need social bonds, and they are not satisfied to be without intimacy. They just need a different kind of intimacy. This is difficult to resolve in a world where 99% of people experience intimacy in ways that people with AS can find anywhere from uncomfortable too unbearable. 5. Apparently inflexible adherence to specific non-functional routines or rituals and stereotyped and repetitive motor mannerisms. Sometimes AS people will have rigid routines or rituals. There may be routines that must be played out in the morning, a specific meal to be eaten at a specific time, or other patterns of behaviour or attachment that serve no obvious purpose apart from providing a sense of order and comfort, which is, of course, a perfectly valid reason to have a pattern of behaviour. There are also physical patterns of behaviour. Self-stimulating, or stimming, can manifest in many AS individuals. Some common examples are hand or finger flapping, rubbing or twisting, leg bouncing, rocking back and forth or side to side, among others. Also, 
AS people can be physically hypersensitive, hyposensitive, and probably more often, both. No sense is excluded. Some AS people may be so sensitive to certain inputs that they experience nausea, anxiety, panic, inability to focus, irritability, headaches, or other undesirable effects. This includes sensitivity to light, e.g. types, colours, strength, intermittency, sound, e.g. percussive, high-pitched, particular timbres, touch, e.g. light touch, textures, temperatures, smells, e.g. perfumes, pollutants, foods, and taste, e.g. foods, sexual intimacy. At the same time, these individuals, while being hypersensitive to one input, may not register other inputs at all. Someone might not register that they are in pain or recognise that they are thirsty, cold or hungry. People with AS have been known to be oblivious to symptoms of physical dysfunction neurotypicals would find very discomforting or painful. Yet at the same time, they may be unable to tolerate a clothing tag scratching at the back of their neck or the smell of mushrooms. I could go on. No, perhaps that's enough for most people. Like you say, not everyone shares your thirst for detail. Well, okay, that's not everything. But this is me. I'm all these things. The assessor concluded, knowing that Rose meets these criteria explains many chronic and confusing aspects of her life. I think it would also be beneficial for anyone in close contact with Rose to be informed about this syndrome so they can understand and most successfully utilise her numerous assets. It is important to understand that Asperger's disorder is a neurological, not psychological condition. All this made me feel relieved. It gave me a name, a label, and truth be told, it was a good feeling. Perhaps I thought it would help people to understand me better. Though I dispute the disorder part, I rather think of it as a boon, at least in some respects. Finally, it should be mentioned that the cause or causes of autism are unknown at this present time. What impact did the diagnosis have on you? One thing I did as soon as I got my diagnosis was to write a list of my traits. I must admit to having a bit of a thing about lists and indexes. Lexographer, the art or craft of writing, editing or compiling dictionaries. I once indexed an entire telephone directory just for fun, indexing an index, if you will. But I do think I improved it a fair bit. So when it was suggested to me that I write a list, I thought, easy. I ended up with a catalogue which I called 213 Things About Me. Yeah, we're talking about that right now, aren't we? Yeah. And you know what? My rules are easy. I know my rules, and to me, they make good, solid sense. But your rules, your rules are invisible, unknowable, incomprehensible. And I've been trying desperately my entire life to play by your rules. But I always fail because I don't know what your rules are. And how can you play by rules that you don't know? And if I ask you to write them down or, or just... Tell me. You can't. I just get this mystified look and the person I'm asking says, sorry. And I ask them what they're apologising for. And then it all goes horribly wrong. They say Aspies are like aliens. 
that we aren't like other humans. I never noticed this, but it's true. And I realise that I'm valuable to people in a way. I am different. And that's nice for other people. I give them this perspective that no one else can. And it's lovely for them. But where does it leave me? I think I'm doing the right things, saying the right things, wearing the right things. Participating in the social game, just like everyone else. But it's obvious from my inability to cultivate anything like other people have, that I'm not. I can only tell I've failed by the outcomes of my trials. And even then, I've no idea what I'm doing wrong. It's like the school report said, does not play well with others. Though the comment does not apply herself. Well, that was a little misguided. I just had no idea what to apply myself to. But I'm always applying myself. I learned to play 12 instruments, taught myself five languages. I've been teaching myself trigonometry. All I do is focus and apply myself. That's the totality of my existence. Produced, written and narrated by Richard Butchins. The voice of Rose, born by Rosa Hoskin. Patrick Nill edited and recorded this podcast. 213 Things About Me is a Think Differently production. This podcast was commissioned by Disability Arts Online, a platform led by disabled people to advance disability arts and culture. If you have found this podcast interesting, please subscribe or comment. We can also be found on Twitter.